It says, put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To the which also ye are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. Jesus given thanks to God and the Father by him. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men-pleasers, by in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord, and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he have done, and there is no respect of persons. Masters, give unto your servants that which is just, and equal, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. With all, praying also for us that God would open unto us the door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I might may make, make it manifest as I ought to speak. You know, many of these mentioned in this passage would seem to be extreme in today's culture. You know, being able to easily forgive those who have done you wrong. You know, we live in a day um, where people are more seeking how they could get revenge. And yet, Christians are to forgive one another. And that whatsoever we do in word or deed... To do it all to the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that if it's something we can't do in the name of Christ, then it's something we wouldn't do. Seems extreme to the world. Especially wives submitting to their own husbands. Very foreign in today's culture. And also husbands to love their wives as Christ loved the church. And be not bitter against them. Perhaps if husbands actually loved their wives as Christ loved the church, even the wives of the world would maybe not think it so hard to submit. But these are extreme in the eyes of the world that even if a wife is not treating her husband right, a husband to love her as Christ loved the church and was willing to die. For the church. Children being expected to obey their parents. We don't see that today. You see 
Kids screaming at the grocery store, throwing a tantrum. You know, asking their parents if they could have it, and if parents say no, they start screaming, and then the parent gets it for them. The parents aren't expecting obedience out of their own children. We also live in a day of busyness where many times fathers don't have a relationship with their children. They're not there mentally, even when they're there physically. As the Bible says, to not provoke your children to wrath. You know, children aren't provoked to wrath by having rules in the household. They're provoked to wrath when maybe there's all these unknown rules that they didn't know about, and they have no relationship with their dad. Many children grow up not knowing their dad or barely knowing their dad. Many being raised by single mothers. So just having a father in a home. Is sometimes an abnormal. For servants or employees to follow their employer's instructions verbatim. You don't see that today. Instead, you have people screaming for $15 an hour. To what? Whine and complain? And then the businesses sometimes have to cut employees because of some of the results of that. But yet, the Bible also tells masters to pay their servants what is just and what is equal. You see, God's looking at it from all sides. You know, we see with the fall, we see what happened. Adam said, the woman that thou gavest to me, gave to me to eat. You know, God dealt with Adam, God dealt with Eve, and then Eve blamed on Satan. And God dealt with Satan. No, God looks at it all perspectives. You know how husbands are to be, wives are to be, children are to be, servants, masters, such and such. And the Bible tells us to continue in prayer. You know, just to believe in the power of prayer to the world. It's like, really? You're just saying words in outer space and you expect something to happen? Yeah. Yeah, we believe in prayer. But it's a stream to them. To be and you live as a Christian is considered countercultural in many ways. And they're often amazed when you have the peace of God in your life through the greatest of tragedies. You know, they went to a funeral for the baby um, this last week. And we had a family, of course, there were tears. But there was peace. They had doctors, nurses, the fire department, the mayor show up. Using the opportunity to be a light. The world sees that. And that seems to stream to them. That's something there. I wish I could have that peace. Society has its streams. Now, why are people so obsessed with sports? Why do people look to politicians as if they're saviors? And if the other one gets in office, it's the devil ruling. Why, are we, why do we look at one? 
or the other is the Savior. Why are you so enamored with godless celebrities? Why are couples often more concerned with seeing how they can make more money more than they are about growing their own marriage? Why do some people enjoy partying at the clubs and the bars? You know, one thing they all have in common is that they're all in. They're all in. No one wants to really be a part of a half-hearted event. Boring mediocrity. These movements attract the masses because they don't hold back. They plan for a big event. The Super Bowl is next week. But you know what? They treat it more than just any other game. But in their regular games, they make it big. Shoot off fireworks or fire. They'll have confetti um, falling down. They get the crowd to get loud. They don't hold back. People want to be a part of something that is greater than themselves. Some of the craziest football fans who are seriously all in for their teams, you'll see they'll deck their vehicles in their favorite team's logo. They'll wear their jerseys. They'll color their hair. It's their favorite team's colors. My son was all weirded, about, weirded out about when we went to a Seahawks game and someone offered to paint his hair. He's like, no, no! <laughs> During election season, people are campaigning so hard that you would get to know this person. Even if you see him on the news all the time. You know, they're still campaigning hard. And many of the local campaigns, and sometimes you don't know those people. But they're going house to house. So you can get to know who they are, or they're campaigning on behalf of another. They're enthusiastic. They have rallies. The Democrats, the Republicans, anybody. They have their rallies. Sometimes they're going crazy. Whether they're saying, you know, I'm with her, or Trump, 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 make America great again. Okay? All right. They're excited at their rally. They're looking to their leaders as the Savior of America. The thing is, they're all in. They're not going at it half-heartedly. Celebrities, they're famous, they're rich. The music's powerful and people's friends like them. So they're like, I, I should like them. Other people like them. People sometimes get, again, so focused on their money that they forget their families. They're all in seeing for their dollars to increase. Consider this. Is perhaps the reason many people are not attracted to Christ is because His people are not all the way in. That God's people are not all the way in. That they're not all enthusiastic like, I can't wait to get to church today. We get more excited about the meal afterwards than the church service. 
Is it possible that two boring sermons or timid outreach, half-hearted devotions, not actively finding ways to be involved in your local church and community have reduced our impact for Christ? When Jesus was questioned on what is the greatest commandment, Jesus said, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. The first commandment is to be all the way in. To love God all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. You know, people coming out, coming working here, working in the church, tearing the platform out and stuff so we can build a new one. To have an altar where you could come and pray um, at during the service or during the invitation or even maybe sometimes during the week. You know, that's loving the Lord with your strength. You know, in our service. And the second is like. Namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. These two commandments are the greatest. To be all in love with God and you love your neighbor. To love one another. Jesus doesn't want our church to be mediocre. He wants it to be lively. Now, when we come before Him to sing, you know, the Bible talks about come before His presence with singing. Not with mumming. Not with just moving your lips. But to come before His presence with singing. To praise Him. To worship Him. To be all the way in. The thing is, many say they're following Jesus but instead, they've invited Jesus to follow them. And you ask Him to bless them. Instead of following Jesus, they're expecting Him to follow Him. You know, suppose someone with credibility told you that you could find millions of dollars of treasure in your backyard. Um, that is buried, that you've got to find it somewhere. Not sure how deep it is. Would your response be passive? You know, it may be an unbelief at first, but when it so like became known that, no, there is an ancient treasure here, you're probably not going to treat it passively. Would you think, you know what, uh, come back, you know what, uh, I'll think about it after I take a nap. Or, you know what, uh, my favorite TV program is on. I don't have time to um, look for treasures in the yard. Or, you know, what will my neighbors think if they see me digging up my whole yard? They would think I'm nuts. I better not do it. That probably wouldn't happen either, would it? You probably wouldn't care what your neighbors thought. Maybe you'd build a wall first so they didn't see what the treasure was. <laughs> I don't know. You wouldn't sit in your house either and just complain that you don't have time to search. Or that you don't want to get your clothes dirty. Now, if you believe and you were convinced that there was a treasure in your yard, 
You would not be deterred by any of these things. You would be consumed with your search. You would plan. You would you you, you would try to find um, the best way um, to dig, or trying to find the best location you start. You would make your best guesses. Solomon says. This is how we must approach finding the knowledge of God. How committed are you to finding the knowledge of God? Are you all in for God? Proverbs 2 says, Yea, if thou criest after knowledge, and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver, and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. But you must search for it like you would a treasure. Meaning, you must be all the way in. You know what Christ said? You know what? That God would that you were either hot or cold, but not lukewarm. He wants us to be hot for Christ. You know what his preachers say? You know, God forbid that the preacher's the hero of his own sermon illustrations. Okay? Okay? So I'm just going to ask you forgiveness for this, okay? But, you know, as a teenager, you know, I got saved. I got all in for God. I wanted to be all in. I was going to church three times a week, going visiting bus kids on a fourth day of the week, on Saturdays, preaching as a teenager when there were opportunities. And you know what? I was excited to fill out that tithe envelope and give to missions as well. I look forward to it. My parents thought I was nuts. They're like, what are you doing? You know what? Solomon got, got some money for Christmas. Um, from one of his grandmas. You know what? He's like, you know, I'm going to give it all to God. He just gave it all in. You know what? And my wife was trying to tell him, well, you know what? You don't have to do that. You could, you could just tithe or give a little bit more. And he's like, you know what? I want to give it all. You know, that's how I was as a kid. You know, I just wanted to be all in. There is excitement when you're all in for Christ. You know, you talk, see, David, David was not allowed to build the temple. But he knew he could help prepare for the temple. He could help motivate the people and prepare the supplies. And he gave um, towards, the, towards the cost of building the temple. And the people gave and followed his leadership. David and the people gave their all. They were all in. Talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when when they were told to worship the golden image and they would not bow. They would not bow to the image of the king. And the king gives them another chance. Says, you know, when the music's playing, you know it, bow down. And they said this, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And He will deliver us out of thine hand. O king, but if not, 
Be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. They were all the way in. That takes guts. You know, there's crowds, thousands of people, thousands of slaves, and there are three of them. Everybody bows down. When everybody bows down, you three are sticking up. And then when the king calls for them, they didn't faint. They were bold in their faith. They believe God could deliver us. But even if he does it, you know, we are not bowing down to your gods. That they serve the true and living God. And then the fiery furnace comes. They turn it up seven times hotter than normal. So hot that the people that were throwing them in got burned up and died. And what's the king see? He says, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. They were all the way in, and they got to meet Jesus before He was born. Before He became flesh, they got to spend time warming their hands up at the campfire. They were all the way in. And God protected them. Now God doesn't spare everybody fiscally. You know, you read Hebrews 11. You see some that had great victories over the enemy. And others that suffered in the hands of the enemy. And yet the sufferings of now. They're temporary. Can't even be compared to the glory that comes in the future. How about Daniel? All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains consulted together that there would be a royal statue to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask the petition of any god or man for 30 days, save of the king, would be thrown into the den of lions. The king was like, yeah, you know, I like that worship. That would be great. You know, this is my people back me up. They're supporting me. And they're, 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 yeah, you know, let's do it. And he forgot about Daniel, his favorite. He went three times a day, praying in the morning, at noon, and in the evening, continuing to pray to the true God. And it wasn't why Daniel didn't know. Daniel knew. It says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and this window's being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed, and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. So he wasn't doing this out of rebellion either. He wasn't saying, oh, I'm going to pray, just show the king up. No, he's doing what he'd always been doing. He wasn't trying to gain attention to himself. But he was all the way in. Even when that decree was made, he would pray to God. The king was all nervous. Then he was trying to think of a way 
to go around the decree he just made to get Daniel from going in. And they reminded him in the decree that no man could alter this. He's thrown in the lion's den. Next morning, you know, he couldn't even sleep. He fasted all night. The king did. And he saw that Daniel was there. And Daniel was taken up out of the den. And no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. He was protected because of his faith. That he believed that, you know what? God could protect me here. He was all the way in. And you think of Esther. Or Haman. And the people. It's really throughout all of history. And even today. Israel has so many enemies. People that hate Israel. Hate the Jewish people. You would think that after the Holocaust. Everybody would be sympathetic for Israel. And no. He got many that are against Israel will make up stories about um, Israel killing little children when it's the Palestinians, modern day Philistines going around killing the Jewish people. This was going on in Esther's day. And Esther said to the people, Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. You You didn't just go before the king uninvited. If you did, you would most often die. Unless the king holds out his scepter and spares you. Esther was all the way in in saving her people, her kindred. And you notice, she didn't go out riot, rioting. She didn't go out destroying property, uttering profanity. Dressing up in gross costumes and declare that she's going to blow the king's house up. None of that. She fasted. She came humbly. She wasn't after the attention, but she wanted the people spared. The people saved. The people whom the Messiah would later come. She was all the way in. That she had the heart, if I perish, I perish. And she went. And she had God's favor and her and the people were spared. Think about Job. Lost everything. His sheep, his oxen, his camels. That's, that's his wealth. Giant farm. His servants, houses, and all of his sons and daughters died in the storm that came. 
He ended up getting the sickness, got boils all over himself. His wife, overwhelmed, says, Does thou retain thine integrity, curse God, and die? She's overwhelmed with grief. She didn't want to see her husband continuing to suffer. And what we see Job did, Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. Tragedy came. Great tragedy. Yeah, you know what? Baby died. One of 13 children this past couple of weeks. But Job had 10 children. All of his children die. Just like that. What did he do? He didn't go and question God. Why, why? He went and he worshipped. He's all the way in. You have to be all the way in to go worship after what he suffered through. And he said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. The Apostle Paul, he knew the cost it was to be a Christian. He persecuted Christians. He consented to their deaths. And yet when he met Christ, he was all the way in. He went from being a persecutor to being the persecuted. You know, when you're all the way in, you're not going to allow trials, troubles, hardships, disappointments to stop you from being engaged with Christ and involved in serving in the local church. You're all the way in. You're not going to make a habit of allowing hobbies, entertainment, sports games, TV shows, to interfere with a symbol in is a church. Even if a church doesn't have all the programs you wish it had like a big church would have. Instead, you're going to see, how can I be involved and help make the church great again? Get involved. Participate. Pray. Fast. Be engaged in a church where the Bible truly is preached. Romans 15.4 says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. The things I read, those were for our learning. We see what they went through. We see how God blessed them. And we see through the trials. How they stayed steadfast. They were all the way in for God. You know, it's the church. Let's be all the way in. Let's be involved. Let's put our all in it. You know, let's be ready. You know, when a visitor comes, you know, let's have someone in the door ready to greet them before they even come in. If it's raining out, you know what? Bringing an umbrella. We got umbrellas at the church. You know, helping people in from the door. You know, getting involved in serving. Getting involved in giving. You know what? Saying, you know what? 
This is God's house. You know what? I want to take care of it. I want to send missionaries around the world. And um, be excited about it. People don't mind paying two hundred, three $500, $1,000 to a football game. And it's those same people that think you're crazy if you type. Oh, it's because they're all the way in for the football game. But they're not all the way in the church. But, you know, just as they're all the way in in the things of the world... I mean, the things are not bad things. You know, it's not wrong to watch a football game. Your pastor does, okay? But you know, it must be all the way in for Christ. It says in Colossians um, 3 and 17, Whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do... All in. God wants us to be all in. All in. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ, given thanks and to the Father by Him. Colossians 3.23 says, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord, and not unto man, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Be all in. Those that are visiting from all, out of town, you know what? be all in for Christ. Be all in in the Bible preaching church. Give your all to Christ. You know, you don't want to get to the point where you're like, oh man, you know what? I, I wish I had done more. But rather be like, you know what, I'm thankful for what I was able to do when I was younger and now I'm older. Maybe I have to do things a little differently, but I'm still all in for Christ. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, pray, Lord, that we would be a church on fire, set aflame. That just as the politicians and those campaigning for Him, they're willing to go about to get their message across, going house to house, going into the communities, setting up speeches. Lord, may we as a church be a soul-winning church, to be a church that's not ashamed to declare just your good works when we're at the store, when we're around people, when we're at the bank, to declare your wonders, for they are many. And may people, when they come to this church, though at the time may be small, they'll see people with a big heart, with big passion, to do great things for the Lord and have a great vision. Lord, you were all in for us when you died on that cross. That we might have eternal life. All by grace, through faith, are we able to be saved. But may that faith be a living faith. To be one where our works show passion. It shows a heart for you. And Lord, we ask you that you would bless um, the food next door. And we thank you, Lord, for 
um, these past five years of being able to serve in this congregation. There were 14 members at the time. We've seen the church grow into the upper 50s, lower 60s, high day of 119. Now we're a little smaller than that now, but Lord, may we not lose that fire, lose that vision, lose that hope, but to be out there and be on fire for you, Lord, to be all in. Thank you, Lord, for the food and the fellowship. In Jesus' name, amen.